Our scripture today will come from Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, beginning of verse 7. As we continue our series walking through the, the gospel of Luke, because Luke tells us there were already other gospels written, but God had inspired him to write yet again. What was it that God wanted us to hear from Luke? Luke 14, beginning at verse 7. When he, meaning Jesus, noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Mighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. Now as I stand before these your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is interesting to watch how people treat each other and how people kind of maneuver to get ahead of their neighbor. One of the places you can see this most, I think, is on the road. I spend a lot of time driving, and if you want to witness the human condition, just spend a little time out there on the road. It's amazing what people will do. I mean, for example, just the other day as I was going in toward Charlotte, I happened to be on the interstate, there was a sign. A, a yellow, bright sign on the side of the road that said, Merge right, left lane ends. Then a little farther up, they're going, just in case you missed it back there, this lane's going to end over here, so you need to go ahead and merge over. And there's this thing I've heard, and I understand, called the zipper effect, how, you know, if you keep your speed up and, and you kind of let the person over in front of you and somebody lets you over and you just kind of keep working your way in, the traffic's supposed to move pretty well. And so trying to be the polite pastor that I am, I started zippering. I signaled. You know, somebody let me in, somebody else signals, I let them in, and, and, and we're all being just so polite and loving and kind to each other. But then when you get really close up, you notice in your mirror, there is someone in that left lane who knew it was going to end, but who obviously believes that their life is more important than yours, that their time is more valuable than yours. That where they are going is more important than where you're going. And so they fly up through there. They make everybody stop zippering and stop to let them in. And it just drives me nuts. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> to the point that I had to take that little fish off the back of my car.
so I could communicate anonymously. I do have a Weddington sticker on the back of my car, so I'm careful, but I've thought about putting a different church's sticker on there and then drive like a... It just drives me nuts to watch that kind of thing happen, and typically I'll just say out loud, but in the car, go ahead, you're clearly more valuable than the rest of us. Well, same thing kind of happened when we went to Disney when our, when our kids were little. I mean, I've never been to Disney. And, and so when our kids were little, we wanted to take them to Disney, and so we had saved up money to go to Disney, because you have to save up money if you're going to go to Disney, because you have to take out a loan to buy a hamburger at Disney. And so we had saved up all this money so that we could take our kids to Disney. And, and so we were having a good time. And, and Nancy's brother and his wife were with us because they had been to Disney a few times. And, and so they kind of knew, let's do this next and then let's do this. And kind of able to lay out a strategy so we didn't waste too much time trying to find where we're going. And it was time for the parade. Our kids were little. And so we wanted to make sure they got to see the parade. So we went early and got, you know, here's this yellow line that was laid out at the time, you know, and, and, and this is where, you know, don't cross the line, but this, you can see the parade come right here. So we got there early, had some snacks so that the kids could have something to eat. We sat down on the, on the ground there and, and our kids were sitting on our laps and, and, and we sat down so that everybody behind us could be able to see and they could see over us. And, and so we're sitting there waiting for the parade. And here it comes. Coming around, there's Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto. They're all coming. This is going to be great. And I kid you not, another family about that time moved right in front of us. They crossed over the line. <laughs> and they moved right in front of us. And our children, our small, precious, God-given children, <laughs> and stood there. And I was furious, I will confess to you. I was, I was absolutely livid, and, and I started to say something, and then I heard this voice, you're a preacher. <laughs> and then it hit me, but I'm in Florida. <laughs> Nobody knows me down here. And then another voice said, but God sees everything. And so I said, hey, God, look over there. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing how we treat each other and, 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 and the things we get upset over. I mean, as so I we were talking about the scripture we were talking about in staff meeting, one of the associates then sent me an article where a year ago in Pennsylvania, a church member shot another church member for sitting in their seat. <laughs> Watch where you sit around here, people. It's absolutely amazing, the human condition and watching how we interact, and that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was a people watcher, and he was invited to the home of a Pharisee, one of the religious leaders. And the people were watching Jesus, but Jesus was also watching them. And when it came close to time to eat, Jesus started noticing how the people started maneuvering to get to the positions of honor. See, in biblical times, where you sat said something about you. And, and, you know, now we just kind of sit around different places at our tables. But, but in biblical times, you had it at the upper end of the table, the, the top three seats. The host would sit in seat number two. 
Seed number one and three then were seats of honor because they were sitting right up against the host. And then where you sat, seat number four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way down the line, said something about your, how distinguished you were, how honored you were, your relationship with the host, and, and how you, prestigious you may or may not be. And Jesus is watching. I mean, they're maneuvering into position like, excuse me, can you slide down just a little bit? I'm up here. And you know how you know, we'll do it today. I mean, you know, we take the chairs, we kind of lean them over the table so we tell everybody, even though I'm not sitting here yet, this is my seat. You know, or we'll take the napkins and hold it over. We'll go, put your pocketbook there, you put your coat over there, and, and kid, you lay across those three. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to mark our spot so we get our spot. Well, Jesus was watching as the people were marking their spots, and he gets tickled. He said, let me tell you this story. Luke tells us he told a parable. When you go to a wedding banquet, pay attention to where you sit. Now, Nancy and I will be celebrating our daughter's wedding this coming Saturday. And, and so when we, you know, have the reception, it's going to be interesting to watch the family and see where they choose to sit. Now, we know where we're sitting because we're paying for it. But it's going to be interesting to kind of watch, you know, where, where we sit. And Jesus says, so when you go to a wedding banquet, don't immediately run up to one of the upper seats, one of the positions of honor, because you may just get embarrassed when the host who invited you also has invited someone else who may be a little more distinguished than you are. And they're going to have to come up to you and go, I am so sorry, but could you get up and move down? Because this seat belongs to someone else. Then you got to get up, you know, and he said, you're going to walk down. But rather, when you come to a banquet, just go sit at one of the lower seats. So that when the host comes in, the host will look at you and go, Terry Moore, what are you doing way down there? Son, get up here, friend. Come on. You know your way up here. And then in front of everybody, you get to go, excuse me, pardon me. Excuse me, pardon me. They want me up here. I'll be. And so then you get, to, you get to move up to the front. Jesus said, you need to watch. Just be careful. He's actually quoting a proverb. It's Proverb 25, verses 6 and 7, which says, Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it's better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. So put yourself here. Jesus then says, For all who exalt themselves, they'll be humbled. But for those who humble themselves, they'll be exalted. Now Fred Craddock, who's a great preacher and biblical scholar, said that now you have to be careful that this doesn't become a reverse tactic. You know, to where now, instead of we, we run in here and we're trying to get the seat of honor, now we run in here and we're going, watch out, excuse me, watch out. I'm going to grab this seat down here because I'm waiting. I'm waiting to be called up. So I'm not really being humble. I'm just acting humble. Jesus didn't say those who act humble will be exalted. He said those who humble themselves. Because if I sit down here with the full intent of being called up, that's not humility. So Peter struggled with that. 
You know, when we look at the Lord's Supper as we're getting ready to come to the table, we know where about four of the people were sitting. We don't know where all of the disciples were sitting, but four people we know. Jesus, seat number two. I know the picture shows Jesus in the middle, but he wasn't because that's not the way they sat in those days. Jesus in seat number two. That makes for a better picture. This is reality. Number two. And beside of him is John and Judas. Those are the seats of honor. And Judas is the one who dips with Jesus in the cup, remember? You know who's sitting down here at the lowest seat? I love this. You know who it is? Peter. Peter, sitting down here at the end. Why? Because Peter heard Jesus tell the story. And Peter went, oh, watch this. Because Jesus said to Peter and John, go get the place ready for the Passover. So he's been getting everything ready, and he knew, this is my seat down here. Watch this, watch this. He's going to call me up there. Because, I mean, you do remember that Jesus said, I'm changing your name from Simon to Peter, which means you're the rock. I mean, clearly, the rock would be up there. Jesus comes in, sees Peter sitting down there, and I think Jesus chuckled. I think Jesus went, <laughs> and he left him there. <laughs> and Peter's frustrated, which is why you hear in the Gospel of John when, when Jesus is going to wash their feet, Peter goes, if anybody's going to be washing feet, it should be me, because after all, you left me down here in the lowest seat. Remember? But Jesus is teaching a lesson here. Acting humble doesn't mean you're humble. Acting humble doesn't mean you're humble. He said, make sure that you humble yourselves. Now, there's an etiquette as well. I mean, we, we're not used maybe to some of the etiquette, some of the manners, you know, that go on. And, and there's some cultural things as there were in, in those days where you sat meant something. When Ron Melvin and I went to Kenya a few years ago, uh, there was, there was a, 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 an etiquette that I wasn't aware of. We, we did the teaching at the pastor school, and after we did the teaching at the pastor school, we did the graduation. We had two different classes that were graduating. A couple thousand people had come there for the graduation, and some of them were pastors from the region who were not really connected with our pastor school and the ministry we have there, but they were supportive of it, and they came, and, and, and they were part of the program. And so they were asking Simon, Pastor Simon, Pastor Henry, some of us, you know, is there a way we might be able to get together? And Ron and I had been able, with some of the decisions that were made, we had saved a little bit of the money. And, and so we said, well, we can do a breakfast. Let's just do a breakfast tomorrow. We'll do a breakfast. And so the area pastors, different denominations, different pastors, they were going to get together for this breakfast that, that we were kind of hosting. And, and so when it came time to eat, they looked at us and said, you know, Dr. Moore, Mr. Melvin, if you'll come forward, you know, go. And I'm and I'm thinking, no, after you, you guys go ahead. I'll, you know, we'll go ahead. We're good. We'll go ahead. And Simon and Henry pulled, pulled me aside because they had to do the Kenyan etiquette. And they went, look, you're in Kenya. And there's an etiquette here. And, and, and what it is is that you're a guest. And since you're a guest, you need to go first because that's their way of honoring you and thanking you for being here. And if you don't, it's actually going to be offensive. So you really need to go first. I said, well, by all means. so we went first. And we went through the line, came back and sat down, and then they said, now watch this. And they said, watch the order that these pastors will go through to get their food. It's pretty incredible. First, it was the, the oldest pastor who had been there for a while, the most senior person who, who had the years and the wisdom under their belt. 
that pastor went first. Everybody else kind of deferred. And then the next senior pastor, then the next senior pastor, and the next senior pastor. I mean, you know, those who had the age and the wisdom, they were honored to the very last one that went through was the youngest, most inexperienced pastor. And the reason was, is they honor the wisdom of their elders. Being tribal, they honor those who have prepared the way, those who have taught you the faith and passed it to you. You honor them, and so there was a clear order that was in place. There was an etiquette. I had to learn the etiquette. Edward Schweitzer, though, who is a great biblical scholar, said, this message from Jesus is not etiquette. It's deeper than that. This is not simply Jesus saying, mind your Jewish manners. He's not simply saying, you know, I could write an article about this in the paper. You can ask me questions, I'll write you back and tell you what to do. You know, which fork do you use and, and how do you do this? It's not about that. Here, this is about kingdom issues. It's about how do we treat each other. And the etiquette is simply an expression of it. But it's deeper than that. It's about how do we treat each other. And, and one of the things that the scholars want to make sure that we understand, and, and I think Jesus wants us to understand, is this scripture is also not about self-loathing. It's not about us looking at each other and going, I'm just nothing. So I'm going to come down here to the lowest seat because I know I'm nothing. That's not what this scripture is about. Actually, if you look at the commandments, remember the great commandment, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, strength, and your mind. The second one is likened to it, Leviticus 19, verse 18. What does it say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Doesn't say don't love yourself. Doesn't say you have no value. It does not say you have no meaning whatsoever. It does not say, of all the people, you are the lowest. That's not what it says at all. You have value because God loved you enough to die for you. We're getting ready to come to the table of our Lord. And why are we coming? Because God, in God's amazing grace and love, loves us. You are loved. Loved to the point that Jesus was willing to die for you so that you could be forgiven and rise so that you can have life. It's not about you not being loved. You are. So Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? Mark chapter 12. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Luke, lawyer comes up to Jesus to put him to the test. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you study. What does the scripture say? He goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do that and you'll live. It's not about that. The challenge is not about are you loved, but the challenge is do you recognize that God loves the person beside of you just as much as he does you? And that he loves you just as much as the person beside of you. You see, the challenge of this scripture is the dangers when we start trying to put a hierarchy among ourselves. When we start assuming I'm more important than you are, or you think you're more important than I am, or we think we're more important than they are, or they think they're more important than they are. And the moment we start putting together the hierarchy of, of the greater than or less than, that's when Jesus said, you've really messed up there. 
That's why he says, so love your neighbor as yourself. It's okay to love yourself, but love your neighbor likewise. Love your neighbor likewise. Now, the issues we have in the life of the church today, in our world today, it's not anything new. Actually, the disciples had a problem with it. Luke chapter 9, verse 45. Amazing scripture. Luke says, an argument arose among them as to which one of them was the greatest. Who's the them? The disciples. The disciples. Jesus' own people. Can you imagine Jesus' is teaching? He's been healing the sick and caring for those who are hurting, and he's teaching the kingdom of God, and he hears this noise over here. What is going on over here? Well, Jesus, he says he's more important than I am. But I know. I was picked number three of the disciples. I was picked number three. He's number 11. Obviously, I'm more important. I mean, doesn't that sound middle school to you? We don't seem to grow up. I think we, you know, we start childhood, get to middle school, and then we get hung. Because we don't seem to mature beyond that. I mean, Jesus is looking over going, seriously? Seriously? That's what you're worried about is who's the greatest among you? And so Jesus takes the child and says, it's the one who welcomes one of these that is the greatest. Well, you'd think they'd get the lesson, but they don't. Happens again. I mean, Jesus had just celebrated the Lord's Supper. I'm not making this up. It's actually there. It's in the scripture, Luke 22, verse 24. Just celebrated the Lord's Supper with the disciples. Just said to them, I'm about to die. Just said to them, I'm about to betray, be betrayed. I, I'm about to die. So this is my body, which is given for you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he just explains, this is, this is important that you get this. Verse 24, right after, just right after, a dispute also arose among them as to which one would be regarded the greatest. Again, again, they're having, I don't know why he gets to be the chair of the trustees, because I'm a charter member of this church. I have been here since the very beginning. My grandfather actually built this church. My grandmother made the first biscuits in the kitchen. It's just absolutely amazing. And so we start this hierarchy of who's greatest. And Jesus is going, hello, I just told you, about to be betrayed, about to die. And this is what you're worried about. I mean, the human condition is pretty amazing how we treat one another. We were having a conversation. I was having a conversation with some folks the other day. And there was a lady in the group that the, the conversation was going on with and, and she said, well, let me tell you the story. And she said that, that she was at her church and went up to a group of people who were sitting at a table. There was a group of ladies sitting at a table and she just went up to say hello to them and she said, I want you to know this group of people at the table checked me out from head to toe and back to head. She said, it was so clear I was being evaluated. And she said, I, I knew. I, I knew I was in trouble because, you know, this, she said, I, it would have been busy. I, weren't, I was not wearing the labels that they were wearing. 
I, I didn't have my hair fixed to the nigh. I hadn't had a chance to just really do everything. My makeup was not absolutely perfect. And, and I knew they were checking me out. And, and I stood judged and condemned. And I felt it. They never said it. But she goes, I felt it. I said, are you serious? And she goes, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And she said, at first I was hurt. And then I got angry. And she said, I started to say, let me tell you something. <laughs> but she said she didn't. I mean, isn't it amazing how sometimes we try to size people up? And I think sometimes we have a tendency to size other people down so that we'll feel a little bigger. Because truthfully, we feel pretty low. And so we have to make somebody else feel lower so that we might feel good about ourselves. You know, one day Samuel was trying to find the king of Israel. God had said, go, I'm going to show you the king. And he was having trouble when he was looking at Jesse's boys, figuring out which one of them was called to be king. Well, is it that one? Well, is it this one? Is it that one? Is it this one? Then it was a nice, handsome, tall guy. He goes, that's got to be the guy. I mean, he looks good, doesn't he? He looks good. Got it all put together. He is put together. Look good in a crown. No question about it. That's got to be the guy. And 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. James 4, 6. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 and 6. And all of you must clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Proverbs 334. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he shows favor. Luke 14, 11. This scripture, Jesus says, for those who exalt themselves, they'll be humbled. But those who humble themselves, they'll be exalted. See, what Jesus wants us to understand is the moment we start putting together the hierarchy, the moment we start putting together the comparison, the moment we start putting together the ladder, we will be the ones on the bottom rung. The moment we start putting together the ladder of greater and lesser, we will be the ones who end up on the bottom rung. It's not about, are you loved? The answer is yes. It's not about, are you valued? The answer is yes. But as we come to this table, we are reminded. The person in front of us and the person who will be behind us will be loved just as much as we are by God. And we are loved by God just as much as the person who will be in front of us and the person who will be behind us. Jesus said, you ought to just leave that to me.
and humble yourselves and love your neighbor as yourself.